So 2022 begins and we are all on the precipice of war. I know, it feels like that, doesn't it? Are we? This is the strange thing. It's Ukraine. Of course, everyone, we're talking about the yes. Ukraine. Um, now, now I should say, yes. Ukraine, the Ukraine. I think people are dropping the off the front of it. I think we. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about uh, pronunciation. I mean, people call it Kiev, but Kiev is actually the Russian pronunciation yes. of it. So the Ukrainians don't want it to be Kiev. So I actually, of course, I did. I went online and discovered what it, how you say it. Yes. How? And it's Kiev. 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 Oh, okay. Kiev. You got to smile when you say Kiev. I do have to say that someone on Twitter did comment to me that they were looking forward to our first. First sojourn back, and they couldn't wait for you to come up with another bad accent. And I said, well, strap yourself in because we're tackling Ukraine. Don't worry. <laughs> I have many bad accents for this. There is so much to talk about. Let's get so on with much. it. Let's do it. You're listening to I Spy, the unwanted dinner guest of Australian intelligence. Hello, my name's Vlad. Oh, I like that. I take him. Oh, look at that over there. I own him now. Oh, 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 don't touch that. Hello and welcome to I Spy by Ness Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and look, it's a new year. It's a new us. Well, not so new, but we're back and we're feeling refreshed. We had a bit of a break. Oh, I had a great break. I had a I really had a, good same. break. Same. I had a ripper of a break. I actually lost weight over Christmas. Oh, my God. What did you do? I just left my watch on the bus. <laughs> oh, my God. The dad jokes have not hey, left. Go. Here we strap we still in. have them. you got another year of them. So, anyway, we're going to chat Ukraine because yeah. it is definitely something that has been kind of building since the end of December. Um, it's something that probably not many people know a lot about, but we are talking about it more and more in our news cycle. Oh, yeah. We're talking about, you know, are we having to provide gas supply to Ukraine? Europe, just in case Russia decides to, well, to you know, some that's the moves. case. Cha-ching for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the, this is a very complex uh, situation and I know that you're probably going to provide some light on it. I've been wallowing in this I bet. right since Christmas. <laughs> I right. bet you have. As soon as they went, troops are mass- massing on the Russian-Ukraine border, I went, oh, I'm in. Right. And, and, and yeah. the thing about it is there's – a lot of moving parts to it. But there's a 100%. lot of history to it. Yes. So I think where we should start yeah. is where did it start? Because it was about eight years ago. Well, in the 12th. Oh, you're going to go that far back. In the 12th century. No, we can't. <laughs> I'm like, you're going that far back. I was looking around about eight years ago. 2014. Yes. Right. When um, they came in and when 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 Boris, when Vladimir went, uh, I really like the look. Of, I like the look of Crimea. I will take now. Yes, right. yes, so yes. So yes. they basically went in and took Crimea. Right, but they do, but they did it for a reason. Well, they did it because, well, essentially they wanted Sevastopol because it's a warm water port and they don't have a lot of those. So there was the military aspect, but also they like to say, think that it was traditionally Russian because Ukraine has got this really strange relationship with Russia in that Vladimir Putin last year, around about June last year, wrote an essay on why the Ukraine belongs to Russia mm. and it cites a lot of very very interesting history. Um, I mean, that's why I said back in the 12th century. Because yeah. back in the 12th century, the Mongols at that time, they were known as the Golden Horde, mm. took over the Ukraine and sort of dragged Russia into it. But Russia, there was the uh, the Russians known as the Rus, and the Rus were descended mm. from Vikings. And this is all crazy history and it gets nuts and somebody else will cover this. But essentially, 
once the Golden Horde moved out, once the, the Mongols fell apart, the Russians sort of had their foothold in Kiev. Yes. Right? So they, they were there. But then what happened was the Ukraine sort of detached itself after the formation of the Soviet Union, it, it became a separate state or oblast, as they like to call it. Yeah. And then, and it's this weird sort of thing. It all comes down to the river running right down the middle of it. Yeah. Um, it's like you've got Eastern Ukraine, which is very Russian, and then you've got Western Ukraine, which is more Ukrainian, right? So, uh, and the fact that the Ukrainian language is very much like Russian, but not quite. Mm. Um, and, you know, the eastern side of the country speaks pretty much Russian, while the western side speaks pretty much Ukrainian. Um, the interesting point is the president of Ukraine, who's a comedian. Don't you uh, love what? that? What? He's what do you a mean? Comedian. No. Yeah, seriously. He was a comedian, a Ukrainian comedian. Zelensky's his name. He was a Ukrainian comedian and he was... Um, now, here's the interesting thing about him. He's a Russian-speaking comedian. Mm. And he had a show, a TV show in the Ukraine, where he was a comedian who became the president. <laughs> no. Seriously, I'm this not kidding. Not this is not true. This is totally true. Oh, right? my God, this is so, so good. So he had this this, cart- this this sitcom about being the president of the Ukraine and how it was hopeless and stupid mm. and ridiculous. And then someone said, you should run for president. And he did. And, and he, he won. won. Right now, he was a Russian-speaking comedian, and he got most of his money and most of his fame touring Russia. Right, but then, of course, he became the Ukrainian president and went, "Oh, gee, I better start actually behaving like a Ukrainian and representing the Ukraine." Mm. And essentially, what happened was he became he, he all of his public speech uh, speeches are now done in Ukrainian. Though right. he's a fluent Russian speaker, and the whole thing is. He was not meant to win. He's a kind of Trumpian in the fact mm. that he wasn't meant to win this election. But since he's won it, he's actually sort of like gone, all right, I better learn this job. So there's been a, there's been a whole lot of conversation too about how um, the Kremlin really wanted to put in leaders who were Russian. Oh, yeah. Basically. Now, yeah, and, and, that's now, where, and that's where this has kind of all kind of fallen apart. Yeah, because they were going to put in their, you know, their pro-Russian candidate. Yes. Unfortunately, this comedian won. Yes. And, uh, of course, the Ukraine's been this focus of Russian interference with America and Joe Biden's son and Trump. And there's all of these, all of these factors that come into it. The bottom line comes down to this. In the eastern part, the very, very eastern part of the Ukraine, Mm. they're very pro-Russian. Yes. They believe themselves so to be Russian. They're kind of like separatists. They're like yeah, they're separatists. They're, they're militants who kind of yep. had um, they they fired up about eight years ago. That's when that kind of all started. Once the Crimea fell, yep. The separatists really lifted their game. And also, from what I read, Gorbachev was kind of good. He really wanted to maintain peace in the region. By so he was he was he was not following the same path that Russia is following today. He was very good yeah. at keeping lines of communication open with NATO, was okay with Ukraine being who they were. And then mm-hmm. now you've got like this whole different perspective from Russia coming in from Russia. Well, it's really Vlad. Yes, Vlad, absolutely. That's what I mean. Vlad is very much like this is ours and we want yes. it. But there are other factors coming in with Vlad in that, one, his polling numbers at home are bad at the moment. They're oh, yeah. not good. 
Right. He's he's probably only loved by ninety five percent of the population. Oh not yeah. 99. So so sad. <laughs> yeah. So he's he he is seriously getting losing political traction in the uh, in Russia, and because of that, he's trying to bolster himself. The other thing is NATO. Mm. Right. So when the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, NATO gave them a guarantee that, look, we're not going to let everyone join us now. Relax, Russia. It's cool. But then there's been this slow creep forward where they've Poland are now part of it, Lithuania are now part of it. There's all of these other what are regarded what Russia would regard as you know, client states, mm. Eastern Bloc countries mm. that are now moving into Europe. Yep. NATO did give them a guarantee that, yeah, well, look, we're not going to let people, you know, anyone join Holus Bolus. But then the Ukraine sort of said, we'd actually like to join NATO. Yes. NATO said, well, we'll have a look at that and see how you how it, it fits with us. And then Russia got pissed. And Russia went, wait a second, the last thing we want is NATO troops right on our doorstep. Yeah. And then right. also now we've got Americans – kind of supplying Ukraine troops. Well, here, he, again, this comes down to that really interesting thing of what's literally going on on the ground. Yes. See, because if you, look at, uh, if you look at a map, you've got the Russians building troops up on the Russian uh, Ukrainian yep. border, but they this is a great thing. And again, it comes down if you listen to our episode on overt uh, intelligence or open source intelligence. I have been sitting around on places like Twitter and yeah. also Reddit. Oh, uh, Reddit! A couple of you would have gone down a deep, deep rabbit hole on that place. Oh my god, there is so much porn <laughs> in there; it's just crazy. You, you have was... not left that ra- that fort of yours oh in a god. whole month, have you? It, I have to buy a fan because it stinks in here. Um, <laughs> it's like a teenager's room. <laughs> uh, uh, it's more old man sweat than anything else. Gross. Um, no. yeah, oh, okay, now yeah. I have a visual. Can we just move on? I'm not wearing pants right oh now. Oh, my God. Just move on, move on, move on. <laughs> so anyway, the interesting thing is there's, there is there is a, a thread on Twitter called tank porn. Um, and no, 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 it's not what you think. Okay. It, it's not people in water tanks nude. It's all just photos of, of armoured vehicles. And somebody said, interesting, this guy, this is a tank from the Pacific 155th Naval Infantry Unit. Mm. So Marines, right? Mm. So, and it was a picture of a tank, the side of the tank, but where the, like the number or the you know the, the markings that would tell you who owns that tank is there is essentially a white patch right they've just painted over it or stuck a piece of paper over it and then it's driving through Belarus right. so what they've done is they've picked up the 155th marine unit the Russian so the Russian navy infantry and armor they put them on the Trans-Siberian Railway and punch them across the, the entire continent, the Eurasian continent, to drop them in Belarus. So these guys are sitting in Belarus. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, Belarus sits directly above the Ukraine mm. and is probably within spitting distance of Kyiv. Well, they're also talking about how, you know, the the portion of Ukraine that is kind of separatist, yep. that, that Russia has troops embedded in there as well. Oh, with the little green man. Yes. Now, that's been going on again since 2014. Yes. Um, anything from Spetsnaz to just willing volunteers, guys that are being sent in with Russian equipment and with Russian uniforms but no markings on mm. them, so they're acting as separatist units. Now, the interesting thing about that is, uh, again, open source intelligence showed us that when uh, the MH17, the Malaysian Airlines flight that was shot yeah. down, a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, the Russians were saying, oh, it was obviously the Ukrainians using Stinger missiles. A Stinger missile can't hit something that high. No. Right? An airliner sits at about a mile above the surface of the earth, so you're not going to hit it with a Stinger missile. 
but it was open source intelligence that had the BUK truck going into Ukraine, into that area where it was fired, and then open source intelligence showing us that it was going out. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on that's coming through social media where people are posting pictures of, of activity in the area. The big question is, are we going to have a war? Right. And so from what I have read, it seems like both sides are at a stalemate. They're just kind of hanging out. So you've got NATO and you've got the Americans. You've got the Americans and the French who are now getting involved. So the Americans are talking to the Ukrainians and the French are talking to the Russians. Yep. And so they're trying to like sort this out. Now, the Americans and the Russians and the French and NATO all had a meeting in Geneva about a week, a week and a half ago. And of course, nothing came through. No. No. Yep. And now the Russians made their demands, and one of the big demands that they've made is uh, Ukraine will never, ever be a member of NATO, yes. to which the Americans went, yeah, no, we're not going to give you that one. Yeah. So there's a, a series of, of demands that the Russians have made, and the the Americans and the Russians insisted they got an answer in writing, mm. which arrived in Russia on Thursday. Yeah. And uh, we don't know the details, but definitely what was said was, yeah, no. Nah, these demands don't work. We've given you a few demands. Now, interestingly enough, the Russians have said, well, we're not going to talk about this for two weeks. We're going to just, like, they've, yeah. they've gone back to the 2014 ceasefire and gone, we're going to sit down and think about this. Yes. So what's interesting, we should talk about the ceasefire as well. So yeah. um, the ceasefire is this big convoluted piece of, of paper, I guess. And yeah. the Russians have kind of said, we don't adhere to this ceasefire because it doesn't really involve us, I think, is kind of the gist of it. Uh, it it's, yeah, it's it's really interesting. But then I was trying to understand it, but this ceasefire is actually very, very convoluted and confusing. Oh, yeah, well, totally. But the whole thing is uh, one idea of it is the Russians are like going, yeah, 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 ceasefire, good idea. We should, yeah, we definitely should have a ceasefire. Um, two weeks, that's probably a really good idea. Uh, the thing about that is that gives them time to build up more uh, materiel in the area, and also yes. they have one major problem going into eastern Ukraine. It's really flat, You're right, and really wet, right. So armor has a really hard problem moving through swamps, and it is. It's very swampy, very wet. But in two weeks' time, when the big winter freeze hits, if they get a big winter freeze in the next two to three weeks, suddenly your tanks, your armor, can move across that land a lot faster. But do they want to go to war? What's interesting is America is saying this is going to happen. Britain is saying this is going to happen. Mm. NATO is saying this is going to happen. Russia is saying this isn't going to happen. And the Ukraine is saying this isn't going to happen. Right. Uh, Someone actually asked uh, Zelensky what he thought. And he basically turned around and said, we've been living with this for eight years. This isn't. This has been going on for eight years. They parked their troops there. They'd move them away. They move them in. They move them out. I personally think this is um, Vladimir Putin, one, trying to – build up support at home. I also think that he's looking for, he's looking to be given a few bits. He's waiting to be appeased by, all right, keep Donetsk and we won't worry about the Crimean and take the land in between, which will give them uh, Marupol, which is another warm water port that they want. Yeah. So there is the idea that he wants concessions and he's hoping that by just overloading the border with troops, he will get the concessions. Because there's one thing, if he does go across the border, he can win Ukraine in 60 days if he wants it. 
Right. But but what's been happening too during this whole time is that the US have been uh, supplying Ukraine with arms. Well, everyone has, except yeah. one country, which is really important to think about, which is Germany. Right. Germany's yeah. like, we will not be part of any more wars. <laughs> we have nothing to do with this at all. We're because, staying away. Because we, we, we learnt. <laughs> yeah. We learnt the hard way. We're not going over there. It's terrible. To the point, though, that um, Lithuania were going to send weapons into the Ukraine, yep. but they were German-bought weapons. And the Germans turned around and went, no, you will not be, nein, not them, not our guns, no way. Right? So the Germans are basically standing back. Now, there's a reason for this. We have a new chancellor because mm. Angela Merkel. Oh, yeah, Angela that's Merkel, right. God damn, she, we really need her right now because she was the one who just walked up to Vladimir and went, no, put the gun down. Well, she's a hard ass. She was, she's I mean, bright. you couldn't not listen to her. No. <laughs> you know, a chemical professor going, look, you're just going to have to listen to me and we're not doing anything until I say we go. <laughs> right. So Macron, who's now basically inherited her position as the leader of Europe at the moment. Yeah. He's sort of like going, well, okay, I've got to sort of state my claim. And meanwhile, I think the, is it Cole or Koch? The uh, new chancellor, he's basically going, I'm just going to stand back and not get involved yep, here. Yep. But what people don't seem to realize is, yes, there's a lot of stuff going on around the Ukrainian-Russian border. The Russians are really active in a lot of other places. Uh, they just had a naval exercise with the Chinese in the Arabian Gulf. So there's a lot of conversations about the Chinese and the Russians mm -hmm. at the moment and how close that they are getting. Oh, yeah. So I, I do think we're not on the precipice, but we're building towards a big global shift in power. Most definitely. That's the way it feels. Totally agree with that. And the Russians are really rattling their saber hard. There was, yes. interestingly enough, someone, again, I can't remember, and I, I, I will thank you online, someone sent to our Twitter account at Podcast, um, sent uh, a little article about how the Russians are now having live fire submarine exercises off the coast of Ireland. Great. Oh, fiddly dear potatoes, what are the Russians doing over there? You know, you know what? I just feel like we have hit the trifecta of accents. <laughs> we, oh. but this is the app for you to just bring it all out. I, I just we haven't done Macron yet. That's the only thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is true. I have not done him yet. But uh, <laughs> why should I? I you know, uh, I, I don't think I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm really disappointed we don't have a South African player in this because I love doing a South African accent. They're really nice. I really like doing them. But getting back to the issue yes. at hand. Yes, I digress. Um, Yes, we've digressed into accent land. Because yep. the Chinese foreign minister just recently mm. got up and said, look, uh, can we all just back off this Cold War mentality? Um, and uh, also, I loved it. He made this big comment about, look, you know, we've got to calm down, settle down. The Ukraine is a problem that's yep. not going away. But, you know, rattling our sabers isn't going to help. And by the way, America, leave our Olympics alone because Beijing do not want anything to happen right now. I know. Because they're about to have the Winter Olympics and that's a lot of money for their broadcasters. Yeah, but I hate to break it to them, COVID's happening. <laughs> they're, the COVID's they're, try, they're trying so hard for it not to happen, but already uh, a German team member has COVID. So I think it's really, it's it's a deck of cards at the moment. Oh, look, it's we COVID is the, you know, the, as, as we said in our last uh, intro, uh, you know, it is the 
the massive cock block of the universe yes, at the moment. But also, it stops everything. But when you're chasing zero COVID policy like the Chinese have, then ooh, it's really not going to bode well for them. Anyway, I digress again. So we've got Ukraine, Russia, China. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, you've got America. Now, I also think this is a chance for Vladimir Putin to just test Joe Biden's resolve. Yes. He's got a lot of issues he's dealing with at home. There's a lot of domestic problems going on there. He can't get his um, his legislation through Congress and he's being blocked by his own party. Well, that's, all those because, sort of that's because Joe Manchin is a fuckwit. Like, oh, my God. Oh, imagine, imagine being a Democrat and having someone who is actually more re- Republican but in your party. That is yeah. Joe Manchin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like he's the George Christensen of American politics. Oh, my politics. gosh. It, it's, it's, like, just, it's just insane. Um, so, yes. Oh, actually, he's more the Mark Latham of, of um, politics. But anyway, uh, the whole thing is with uh, Joe Biden's got to act tough. He's got to play the yep. tough man. And that's understandable. That's his job right now. Biden also has to find himself a new Supreme Court justice. Um, so, Which is good. He has promised to install a black person. I think that's great. Yes. Um, and a black female, by the yes. way. Yes. Uh, 007. I was going to say James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Get her in. She's great. Yeah. Um, now, the thing with it all going on is everything's in the state of flux. The planet is currently, we're still dealing with a pandemic. And this is the perfect time to, you know, ante up and see what we've got. So I think mm. the interesting thing about it is a lot of people have said that if Russia goes into the Ukraine, there's really not a lot anyone can do about it. No, and and Ukraine will fall. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. a lot of people think that they're going to, only going to go as far as the Nenetsk, which is the river right down the middle. Right. So they'll take over the eastern side, leave the western side till later. Um, essentially, Russia need their buffer. They want their buffer zone between Europe and themselves. But at what point, let me ask you this, at what point does the rest of the world step in or do they just watch this happen? Because we have seen um, examples of NATO and the Americans getting involved when Russia has flexed its power and it doesn't always work out so well. Well, let's, I mean, let's have a look at the Crimea. Yes. They went, let's put sanctions on it. Now, interestingly enough, the Americans have said, we're going to put personal sanctions on Vladimir Putin if this goes ahead. If he invades, we're going to hit him. Not just Russia, we're going to hit him. Yep. The great point is most Russian commentators have said it's a pointless exercise because no one knows where his stuff is. Right. A lot of it is being held by proxy. Yeah. And most of it is in Russia anywhere. He's not overseas. It's mostly in Russia. So, yeah, of course. He's buried it deep somewhere. No one can touch it. Yeah. Now, they'd be much better off if what they did was go, let's hit all the oligarchs. Let's just hit everyone under him because they do have stuff overseas and a lot of their money is probably his. In fact, one of the things, one of the theories is this has really boiled up big time because the Ukrainians arrested a an oligarch in the Ukraine mm. who is very pro-Russia. Um, what was his name? Medvedchuk. Um, who is also a very close personal friend of Vladimir Putin. But they've arrested this guy and imprisoned him for corruption. And that's basically made Putin go, hang on a minute, he's a buddy of mine. And possibly he's gone, hang on a minute, that guy has half of my cash and you've just locked it up. Yeah. So at the moment... There are so many variables in yes. what's going on here. So if the Russia, now, if the Russians do flex their muscle, do, what what are we going to do? What's the rest of the world going to do? And what should we do? Right. 
first and foremost, if he wants to flex his muscles, he's got to get in there. For, he's got to have a reason to go in. He needs yep. a Casso Belli to go in. And interestingly enough, when he took over, when they had the war with Chechnya, when Chechnya became independent, yep. they, as a pretext to go in and um, take control, uh, apartment blocks were being blown up in Moscow. Right. Yes. People were blowing up apartment blocks but, and they were blaming the Chechens. No, but it was him. FSB officers were caught putting explosives in an apartment block and when they were asked what they were doing, they said, we're, we're doing this as an exercise to make sure we know what to do. But it was like, hang on, they're real explosives. They were using. blowing themselves up just to give yeah. them an excuse to go right. in. Now, the other thing that he did when he went in was they used a very, very solid cyber warfare program on it, right? So they, they shut down... The power grid, they mm. shut down the telecommunications grid. They shut down pretty much the electronic side of Chechnya. Yes. So they're, they're, that's what they're saying that they're, that they're doing right now with Ukraine. Their cyber attacks are just insane. They're yeah, just hammering Yeah, and we're involved them. now. Yeah. yeah. We're, Australia is now doing its part. So that would involve ASIO. That mm. would probably involve um, Signals Directorate. Our, our cyber warfare guys are working with their cyber warfare guys because our guys are beginning to learn how to do this quite well. Yeah. We're getting very good at it, which is, for me, I think, yes, we've got an export, an intelligence export, which is great. But the interesting thing is the other reason why Germany, say Germany is very reticent to get involved in this, mm. is, you know, Vladimir can turn around and go, oh, you know, you want to get involved? He'll just switch off the gas. Yes. Because they is, get again- most of their energy. Out of Russia. I know. And this has always been a thing that they've threatened countries with, switching yeah. off the gas, because especially in the middle of winter. They've done it yeah. in the middle of winter and, you know, people have just literally frozen to death. Now, for the pretext to go in, uh, there are already a few that are beginning to come up. One thing that uh, Vladimir Putin has said regularly. Now, interestingly enough, he has not said anything since before Christmas about no, uh, he's had someone Ukraine. else speak. He's had someone else At speak all. for him. Yeah, his foreign minister has yep. done all the speaking. Yep. In fact, he was asked a question about it, and he just sort of like raised his eyebrows and walked away. Yeah, uh, he's he's playing this to the hilt. But what's coming out of the Russian media is there are. Um, there's stories about how there are massacres going on around Donblast and Donetsk yep. and all these areas. There's all of these massacres and, you know, Russian, um, Russian-speaking Ukrainians are being killed and why aren't people doing anything about, as they've described it, this genocide? Right. So they are looking, you could imagine a scenario where they might have an artillery unit that's gone forward of the lines and fired back. Yep towards uh, a Russian-speaking village in East Ukraine and the Russians go, right, that's it, we're going in. Right? Yep. And if they go in, they're going to come up through the Crimean, they're going to come across from Russia and they're going to drop down from Belarus. It's a massive pincer movement that no one's going to be able to stop. So right. what are we going to do? We're going to watch. Okay. I think that's really like... <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much what we need to be doing. Yeah, uh, the interesting thing about it was that someone said, well, oh, the CIA would definitely have some sort of um, insurgency program going on in there. But yep. when you look at CIA insurgency programs, they haven't been all that successful lately. The Afghanistan insurgency program actually backfired. Yes. Like the Americans are sending Stinger missiles, which are very effective against helicopters, but hopeless against drones or, say, a fighter jet or uh, a bomber. And everyone said that the Stinger missiles were the things that actually changed, kicked the Soviets out of Afghanistan back in the 90s. Well, actually, that's not true. The Stinger missiles were only 
put into Afghanistan a month and a half before the Soviets pulled out, mm. which wouldn't make any difference anyway. It wouldn't have made that much difference to that uh, to the the combat scenario. So people are saying, well, the Stinger missile thing has been a bit sort of overblown. The big issue is they simply do not have enough troops available to go in and resist. And if the CIA think they're going to get away with doing um, insurgency programs, and I can guarantee you they're already there and they're already working. Right, but we all know how that goes. I mean, yeah. Osama bin Laden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it doesn't really work. I think I think America needs to kind of realise at some point that they don't always work. No. They don't. Well, they very regularly do, or they they very rarely do. I know exactly. So I think maybe we just need to sit back and watch this one unfold and see how it plays out instead of getting all up in their grill. Because Russia, I think, uh, is not someone we want to be flexing too hard against at the moment. This card game, they've got four aces and the Joker, and we've got the little (laughs) card that says these cards are coated with a protective. Lining. So we are in this is an yeah. intractable problem yeah. and Vladimir holds the cards. One hundred percent. Yeah. So look, this is uh, and let us put a disclaimer on this right now. By the time this episode comes out, yeah. the entire situation could have changed. I know. Imagine, like, by the time this comes out, there's, like, World War III. And we just t- totally missed calling that. <laughs> I'm staying in the blanket because it's bomb-proof. I-, I did a few extensions over the break. Um, oh, great. So now you're in a bomb-proof shelter. I'm in a bomb-proof, uh, bomb-proof blanket box. Now, the-, the thing is, that could happen. We could be in, like, there could be an armed conflict going mm. on in Europe. The other thing is, you know, Vladimir could have, you know, the Americans could turn around on, on the weekend and go, Oh, yeah. Well, oh, look. Uh, oh, let's just have East Ukraine. The Ukrainians just relax. Everyone chill out. Which, I, it, which is more likely to happen. That's what I think. You reckon it's going to be appeasement? Uh, look, I think, I think the Russians are going to move in. I think they'll probably take half of Ukraine. I reckon they're going to move in. Yeah, I think it's. I think they've got an unwanted uh, house guest for the foreseeable future. That's, that's what I would, I would say as well. Yeah, I've got that. They're called teenage children. <laughs> or you. You are the no, unwanted just... house guest. <laughs> <laughs> That's why my wife won't let me sleep with her anymore. David Callan, the unwanted house guest of I Spied. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've wrapped that. Uh, I think we've tidied that, that one up. Um, of course, if you have any comments about this, please get in touch with yeah. us at I Spied Podcast on Twitter because we're oh, – well, <laughs> Michelle doesn't, but I really like talking to you all. I know, because you have no friends, mate. I know. Oh, 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 I forgot. Oh. Just a quick call salty. to the Salty Sea I know. Uh, we finally got to have a beer. Great. How did that go? Uh, in the words of Homer, clean clothes, nice smell, class act, all the way. Okay. All right. So first date went well. <laughs> it was very nice. I think we might get a second. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let's leave it there. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Okay.